0: Chapter 26 of The Great Sinners of the Bible. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Wayne Cook. The Great Sinners of the Bible by Louis Albert Banks. The Valley of Decision. Multitudes, multitudes in the Valley of Decision for the day of the lord is near in the valley of decision joel chapter 3 verse 14 i do not care to enter into a discussion of the prophecy of this book or to inquire into the relation of the text to its setting it is the simple statement of fact that there are multitudes of people who are in the place where they must decide one way or the other and whether the judgment of God will follow fast upon their decision, to which I wish to call your attention. There is nothing so important as a decision. To choose while one has the power to choose, rather than to drift with the current until the power of choice is taken away, is one of the most important characteristics of a strong and noble manhood or womanhood. Things are so arranged that when we will not decide for ourselves, a decision is made for us, and it is ever against us. A boy passing through the years of his youth has the power to choose, oftentimes, whether he will have a good education or not, but if he delays and does not decide, the years soon tell the tale, and the power to choose is taken from him the time is passed by when school days are possible for him. We are assured that life is like that in other things. We have the opportunity now to choose Jesus Christ as our Savior, to choose the Christian character as our own, to choose the Christian life as our career. But life is steadily passing on, and if we do not choose Christ IT WILL NOT BE LONG BEFORE THE OPPORTUNITY WILL HAVE PASSED BY FOREVER, AND OUR DECISION WILL BE REGISTERED AGAINST HIM. TONIGHT I OFFER YOU JESUS CHRIST AS YOUR SAVIOR. YOU HAVE THE POWER, BY GOD'S GRACE, TO ACCEPT HIM TONIGHT AND TO BEGIN THIS VERY HOUR TO LEAD A CHRISTIAN LIFE. IF YOU DO NOT ACCEPT HIM DEFINITELY AND OBEY HIM BY AN OPEN CONFESSION, THEN YOU REJECT HIM. There cannot be any neutrality in this matter, for Christ asks for your open friendship. He declares that the man that is not with him is against him. If you accept him tonight, you enlist under his banner. The white flag of the cross becomes your flag. The white life of Christ becomes your life. You have put yourself with his friends and you have the promise of His friendship and guidance. Will you decide for Him tonight? God says to us in His Word, I have set before you life and death. He entreats us in every conceivable way to choose life, and you will choose one or the other by your own actions. You say, I do not choose but your very conduct is a rejection of Jesus unless you accept him. As Dr. Coiler says, people do not usually set success and happiness on the one hand, and ruin on the other hand, and then willfully choose to be ruined. No man voluntarily chooses the disease, disgrace, and horrors of drunkenness, yet thousands do choose to tamper with the seductive, intoxicating glass and their own free choice brings them to the drunkard's self-damnation. In like manner, when you decide to refuse the loving Savior who is knocking at the door of your heart, you choose to risk the consequences. When you choose to continue on in sin, to follow the devices and desires of an unconverted heart, and to refuse to be all that Christ would make you, YOU ARE DELIBERATELY CHOOSING THE PATH THAT SEPARATES YOU FROM CHRIST AND HEAVEN. NO MAN CAN SERVE TWO MASTERS. YOU CANNOT GO TOWARD CHICAGO AND TOWARD BUFFALO FROM CLEVELAND AT THE SAME TIME. EVERY DAY YOU SPEND AWAY FROM CHRIST YOU ARE GETTING FARTHER FROM THE CHRISTIAN LIFE, AND THE HARDER IT WILL BE FOR YOU TO BECOME A STRONG AND HAPPY CHRISTIAN. It is not more meditation, more thinking, more theorizing that you need. It is more decision. Dr. Newman Hall, the great English preacher, relates in his autobiography two very interesting incidents showing how people came to a decision at unexpected times and were saved. One was when he undertook to climb Mount Snowden. He slept on a plank in a wretched little hut on the mountaintop. A large number of working men, quarrymen, were also waiting to see the sun rise in the morning. It was the most beautiful sunrise he ever saw. No words can describe the reddening sky, the first level rays goldening a hundred peaks, the shadow of the mountain they were on creeping over the lakes and valleys below. There were about one hundred Welshmen and a dozen Englishmen on the mountain with him. They asked him to speak to them someone recognizing who he was, but he replied that God was preaching to them, and they had better hear his voice. But he offered prayer, and when he closed he noticed that several men were shedding tears. A year afterward he was taking a walking trip through that same country, when a man pulled up the cart he was driving, containing cheese and a live pig, and asked if he might give him a lift. Dr. Hall felt that it was a good opportunity for conversation. The countryman had recognized him, and, speaking of that sunrise, said it resulted in the conversion of fifty people. Dr. Hall said that he had only offered prayer, but the man replied that some had decided for Christ that morning, though they had not understood a word he said, they being Welsh but the effect of their conversion was a revival in the village churches near. The other story is of a very different circumstance. One Sunday evening, in his own church, Dr. Hall was delivering a written sermon on temptation, and suddenly felt that his address was unlike his usual style and too argumentative for many of the people. He suddenly paused, looked away from his manuscript, and appealing in a loud voice to the more distant of his audience said perhaps among those pressing in at the door there may be some one so miserable as to think of throwing himself over yonder bridge saying perhaps it's too late to tell me and not to enter into temptation i have done it i am in it there is no hope for me stop stop there is hope christ died for thee HE WILL PARDON, HE WILL SAVE, EVEN THEE. A few weeks afterwards, one of the members of his church told him that he had called to see a woman who had made up her mind to throw herself over Blackfriars Bridge one Sunday evening, but she thought it was too light, and a policeman might stop her. So, in order to wait for the darkness, she went into the church and stood in the crowd inside the door. Standing there it seemed to her that Dr. Hall had called directly to her to stop and come to Christ, and she went back to her home to pray, and became a true and happy Christian. What saved these people was that, though the call of salvation had come unexpectedly and in an unusual way, they at once decided and accepted Christ as their Savior. In their immediate decision, was their salvation. I wish I knew what I might say to win everyone here tonight to the safe refuge under the shadow of the cross of Jesus Christ. A young traveller who was making a pedestrian tour through the Alps tells a beautiful story of Swiss honesty. The Swiss friend who was with the foreign sightseers observing that they were weary after a six-hour's march from the monastery of St. Bernard, said, We shall soon reach my brother's house, and you shall all have a cup of hot coffee and some food. But when they reached the farmhouse it was closed, doors locked, shutters shut, and the whole place deserted, for it was the time of vintage, and every one was in the vineyard. Our young traveller was much disappointed, but the good Swiss friend said, you will get your refreshment just the same. And, reaching up toward a cross made of gay mountain flowers which hung on the door, according to the pretty valet custom, he pulled down a great door-key, and in another minute the door was open. A blazing fire of logs was quickly kindled, and in a short time they're refreshed with food and drink. All this seemed so strange to the tourists that they made inquiry as to how people would dare go away and leave the key in such a convenient place. Oh, said the Swiss in uh, quite a shocked tone, there is no fear of any of our people entering a home which does not belong to them. If the key is put under the cross, it is always safe there. But the key under the cross on a Swiss door is not so safe as your soul will be, both in time and in eternity, if you put it under the shadow of Christ's cross by choosing Him this day as your Savior and Lord. No one can pluck us out of that refuge. End of chapter 26